0: and gentlemen. Live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports. Ring Talk Live Worldwide, brought to you by the WBC, the World Boxing Council. There's something
1: else to watch. Two men at the highest level battle, and one may be favored over the
2: other, but you never know what's going to happen. And and that's what, that's why boxing is the way it is. And
0: now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio And internet history. He comes on damn near parpedos full steam ahead. Pedro Fernandez, Damaso Caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Welcome to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Yes. The man was correct. My name is Pedro Fernandez. I'm an award-winning writer and a four-time Golden Glove champion. So supposedly, allegedly, I know a little bit about boxing. But guess what? The average fan knows more. So I open up the text line at the top of each hour just for you, the average fan. You want to text us here in the studio? You can. The number, 415-275-1613. The studio text line, once again, 415-275-1613. Of course, Boxing Tonight on ESPN. Jeremiah Nakathia taking on... Miguel Burchell, the last time we saw Miguel Burchell, of course, he got drilled by Oscar Valdez. Oscar Valdez coming up on April the 9th against, I think April the 9th, no, April the 30th against Shakur Stevenson in Las Vegas. We'll talk about that in depth, of course, with Boxing's P.A.C. Socrates Palmer after the first break. Straight up Burchell, of course, damaged goods because nobody gets drilled like that and comes back, folks. You just don't. You get knocked out like that face first. You're asleep for a couple of minutes. You really don't come back ever. Straight up uh, you don't. I mean, think about it. The only guy that probably did that was Roberto Duran, and then Roberto's the greatest of all time. So what can I say? Got knocked out by Tommy Hearns in the second round, in 1984. Came back and beat Iran Barkley, who beat Tommy Hearns not once but twice for the middleweight title in 1989. That's what a bad old ass he was. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live worldwide. Your inside look into the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, we'll talk about the powerful pound king Canelo Alvarez. Of course, getting some heat for taking on a Russian fighter should. Russian fighters be banned? I don't think so. I don't think you start banning people because they're from Russia, but I don't know. I'm not involved in this political stuff. Straight up, are you? Give us a call, 415-275-1620. That is the text line here in the studio. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 217. Daniel, take it away.
0: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Aha, uh-huh, the ancient horns and the mighty Tower
1: of Power. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live, worldwide Wide Force Tower of Power. Check them out, towerofpower.com. The Godfathers of a funk from Oakland, California. We go from Oakland, California and San Francisco, California to the East Coast. Of course, we bring in the Bronx. The Bronx will himself. I'm talking about Mr. Socrates Palmer. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, Pedro. How's it going? I'm throwing different nicknames at you. Bronx Bomber, Bronx Bull, you know. I'm confused this morning. It's one of those nights. I had a great night, though. I went to, uh, I went to L.A. and did a couple things as far as my uh, work is concerned. And then I went and saw an oldies concert last night with Snoop Doggy Dog promoted
2: it, and the cops shut it down. Really? Why were they? They didn't have a license
1: or something or promotion? No, or man. He, he can't. He had, he, they had all these. He he had like eight acts, and then he had all these uh-huh. people BSing, and the concert didn't start till like almost ten o'clock. So at one thirty, they called it. Two bands wow. still hadn't played. Oh boy! How much were yeah. they charging? You no, know, they hit me up for eighty bucks. Oh. Okay. You know, and the bands and the, and the groups that the groups that didn't appear, the Shy Lights and the Dramatics. Um, I know the the Shy Lights guy there's only one original guy left, and he's on bad, bad pin. So, you know, he ain't going to be around much longer. And God knows when these other guys will be around much longer. Or when I'm going to be around. And the bottom line is, um I was a little disappointed that the cops shut it down. Well, I I know where the cops are coming from because I'm, I've been a former policeman and. You know, you you mm-hmm. get permits, and the permits say you got to run events until right. a certain time. And you know, if you're running events two hours past your permit, you're going to run afoul of the law.
2: Yeah, yeah you got to start stuff on time. But I, but on a positive note, I saw you were looking very dapper with the, the silver suit, uh, the color, colors, silver and black. You
1: look at yeah, black I, color, So I want I, I, Al, Al Davis may he rest in peace. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. I remember watching the <laughs> fights with him and and. Uh, he, he gritted his teeth. I remember we were watching a Chavez fight, and, and I watched the guy. I, I study people, and he gritted his teeth a lot. You know, he bit down on his teeth a lot. That's just what I remember about Al Davis. Anyway, straight up, um, let's talk about the sport of boxing right now. This is Devin Haney running out of time here? I mean, I can't believe he's still in the mix for this George Cambosas fight, and that tells me Cambosas must really think he could beat Haney if they're still sticking to Haney this this thong. This I mean, how many months has it been?
2: Well, I think Devin has kind of lucked out because originally, you know, it seemed that the Lomachenko was going to get that fight. It was kind of like all signed, sealed, and delivered, and then, you know, literally duty called for Lomachenko. So mm-hmm. it seems like Devin has been the beneficiary of that.
1: Okay, you want you want
2: to go on uh, now? Does, now will Eddie Hearn seal the deal? I mean, he. I mean, Eddie. I, I like him, you know, um, I think he's done a great job, you know, You know, in terms of uh, it shows he's he's giving you good, consistent content, but he hasn't been able to seal the big one yet, you know, so let's see if he could, this would be a, a real, a real good uh, matchup for, for Devin, and uh, to see if he is the real deal.
1: As far as his promotional empire is concerned, Hearn, he doesn't have the world heavyweight champion, and in the old days, the saying went, "He who controls the world heavyweight champion controls boxing." Does that apply today?
2: Not really, because Canelo Alvarez is not the heavyweight champion of the world, and he's the biggest star in our sport. And it probably hasn't been that way in a while. You know, probably since uh, Mayweather and Pacquiao. You know, ruled no,
1: the b- I think go back before that. I think the, uh, I think Leonard. Really changed the story. Be- Leonard Duran and Hearns and these guys, when they started commanding those big paydays, and with Hagler and this and that, you know. I was, I was looking at some yes. some Hagler film, some Hagler film last night. Of course, he's he just passed away. spending has been like a year, uh, a week ago, or a fortnight ago. And um, I was watching some films, and I remember him in the gym. And, and I don't know if I told you this or not, but he was one of those guys that you didn't want to push his button because you never knew how he was going to react. You know what I mean, even though he was calm and, and this and that, and it was those calm guys I guess I was a little more concerned with than the guys who would scream at me. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, legendary. He was a legend in terms of always having a chip on his shoulder, probably a, a bowler, <laughs> and he trained that way, and that was his, his motivation.
1: She hit a sparring so, partner one time in the ribs. He broke like three ribs with one shot. I was watching the Jim and Johnny tacos. This is this is like two weeks prior to Tommy Hearns, and I went out and I told Emmanuel. I said he broke some dude's ribs there in training. I said with the big gloves, with sixteens.
2: He's the sixteen guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow, Might wow, might, have been four T's, but might have been
1: fourteens. might have been fourteens, but they were
2: big gloves. Yeah, regardless. Still, I mean, yeah. that's, they weren't eights. You know? <laughs> no, and, and, and the thing is, that he, you know, I, I
1: watched him finish up for the other fights, for the Duran fight, I watched him finish up for that, and I watched him finish up for the, the uh, Dan fight and the uh, Leonard fight, and those fights, he was, he was not going to put it very cocky, but Tommy Hearn somehow put the... Put the fear of death in him, and I, I put the, it just scared him. I think he was scared of Tommy. I really do. That's why he, he trained so fiercely, and that's why he turned it into the war in which he did. Because he never asserted his his his, his will on anybody after that. Really, I mean Mugabe, but we're not talking about. I'm talking about Leonard and Duran and people like that. He just he just seemed that the Marvin Hagler had problems imposing his will on. Unskilled fighters, I mean, Duran, he couldn't oppose his will on Durant. he couldn't oppose his will on Leonard, and of course he just steamrolled Tommy Hearns. But
2: mm-hmm. so do you think that was probably his peak? He kinda of just kinda, of, that was the best, I mean, it's definitely his signature win, but do you think that's when, when uh, Marvelous kinda of peaked? he He thinks it he thinks it was I mean, and I'm gonna go along with him
1: on that one, so Marvin thinks that was his peak that was his big fight, his famous fight this net mm-hmm. um I do think that after that the the Mugabe fight he showed um I don't know if he wanted to stand there and rumble with the beast. You know, he was a bit of a weird dude. He wanted to outbox boxers. I mean, Duran, he couldn't outbox. A little Roberto Duran was moving around the ring on a little ring movement, shifty right-hand leads and this and that. And 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 and, uh, and Sugar Ray Leonard, he couldn't inc- control it, couldn't impose his will on him, couldn't outbox him. He tried to outbox Leonard, and 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 he just he went the wrong way on a lot of things because of his ego. Larry Murchison said he was like, Hung up on himself, unbelievably.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of basically the story of his career. You know, he, from the jump, you know, he felt disrespected, and and, and he re- literally came up the hard way. I remember in uh, George Kimball's book, you know, his first fight, he made less than twenty grand, and uh, Sugar Ray no, no, made no. how much?
1: I, I think he made thirty-five. Grand? Didn't he make thirty-five bucks for his first fight? Yeah,
2: it was something crazy, you know. It's and, thirty-five, okay. yeah,
1: thirty-five or forty bucks for his first fight, but that was in uh, I think nineteen seventy-three. Of course, Marvin Marvin was an outstanding professional, a decent amateur. Um, the mean look, shaving the head, and all that kind of stuff—that um, was his part of his image. But he wanted to—he wanted to desperately outslug sluggers and outbox boxers. He wanted to be the very best at what he was, you know, no matter what it was. he—he he just needed to be Marvin. I think if he did had different strategy against Duran, even though I'm a big Duran fan, I think Duran, I think that he might have done better against Duran. And I think had he just jumped on Leonard from the get-go and made it a phone booth fight, I think he would have tired Leonard out, or one of those guys would have tired out by the sixth or seventh round from a phone booth fight, and we would have found out who was going to win. Yeah,
2: well, like you've said before, you know, he basically did not fight for the first six rounds. You know, he fought the wrong fight. Like you said, he tried to outdo... What Leonard, what Leonard did best, and that was obviously the wrong strategy, and he just ran out of rounds. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, he, and,
1: and that being said, that being said, I still think he would put a licking on Sugar Ray Robinson. Ooh, I just do. He's left-handed, he's strong, had a nice right jab. Um, I think Ray was great for his time, and people say oh, he was the greatest of all time. I don't know, I, I'm just, you know, I met the guy, it's spent debatable. time with him, mm-hmm. huh? i say it's all subjective. It's debatable. It's, I, I it's all subjective. It, it, you the first but, person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the old-timers, but the old-timers, they, the old-timers just, I mean, they're, they're those guys, Ray Robinson, Ray Robinson, Ray Robinson, eh, I've been like, eh, you know, sort of wincing on that for a long time. As far as the greatest fighter of all time, is concerned, I don't think you really can determine who was because of different eras and, you know, different size men, all that kind of good stuff. I mean, a heavyweight now is, what, 260? A heavyweight when Cassius played, turned pro, um, he was like 202 pounds. When he tried, actually is, he turned pro, 180s, but but he, when he was a he was a budding heavyweight at 202 pounds.
2: That is so true. I mean, how how much was Rocky Marciano? He'd, he'd be a cruiserweight today, right?
1: You know, so, that, you know, it's, it's you the know evolution I, of man. I, yeah, I I you know I always I always sort of dogged him a little bit because I I thought that Larry Holmes would have probably beat him handily this and that. But, you know, you got to give it to that guy. He went undefeated, even though he fought. Did I tell you he fought his brother twice? No, he, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, um, his, his manager came on the show. His son, Marty Wile was his No, Al Wile was his manager, is, is the promoter, and Marty Wile was his son, and he was the manager, okay? And he came on the show, and he told me, yeah, he fought his brother a couple times around Brockton. You know, so he, so he wasn't forty nine zero. He was well. He fought him. He fought him. He fought. Him, he beat. He he did win forty nine fights. I said, yeah, but just a couple more. Couple of more against his brother. Ooh, I said that a couple of times, and people didn't. People didn't. They didn't take kindly to that. You know, being correct isn't always popular.
2: <laughs> no, didn't uh, Sean O'Grady do some have something similar? Not his brother, but didn't he fight like the same schmo twice?
1: Well, no, 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 no. What he did was his father, Pat O'Grady, of course, the, the grizzly fight veteran that he was, uh, you know, he was involved in some, some shady, shady, shady things. But the shadiest thing I think he did was when he had this Mexican on tour with Sean all around Kansas or Oklahoma around that area. <clears throat> and they fought about four or five times. And when it came time to, and each time that Sean fought this guy he wore different trunks and you know, his name was Jose and then Pedro and then next time out it was Daniel and you know and he just change his name, change his trunks this and that. All right? But Sean had to know what time it was. And Sean beat this guy like four times. And then when it came time to pay him, Pat O'Grady called the iron the I uh immigration and they came and deported him because this is back when you call somebody said hey i've got a mexican over here they would come and get
2: him wow that see that part i did not know i had heard about the uh recycling of opponents but i didn't know that that was that wow that was a payoff Man. yeah
1: that's 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 how you got paid with pat O'Grady. of course pat O'Grady when when the segment on this he uh he put together Sean O'Grady and Howard Davis. Howard Davis was a boxer and a runner and the 76 Olympic gold medalist. So he got a 15-foot ring. And then Davis pulled out two days before, and they put in Andy Gannigan with a pound-for-pound, pound, one of the pound-for-pound pound greatest punches of all time. And Gannigan knocked him out in two rounds. Good old Pat O'Grady in strategy. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. More with boxes, PhD Socrates Palmer after the break.
0: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
1: Check it. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC TV as well. Of course, you can always check out the World Boxing Council's interactive website at WBCBoxing.com. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, Koshizu former world junior, welterweight champion, probably is. Uh, one of his most exciting fights, I think, was when Zab Judy tried to pick up a stool and throw it at the referee. Of course, that was back in, in the 90s. But Zab, uh, Tim, uh, Tim Zhu is the son of Kosh Zhu. Of course, he's, I believe, is a junior middleweight and a welterweight. Can't figure out which division he's in. Now i got to ask Socrates Palmer, is Tim Zhu the real deal?
2: Uh, well, we're going to get a peek. You know, um, I'm very excited at Tim's, uh, to see Tim Zhu live. Uh, I've caught him on YouTube. Uh, I saw the fight when he um, beat Horn in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. He certainly comes from good stock. I mean, and, and very, you could probably be hard to find a better teacher than his father, uh, one of the most skilled. And you talk about just uh, accomplished amateurs of, of all time, you know, his father was. And, and I think he's got the right opponent. And, uh, and uh, I, I'm going to butcher his last name. Gerald Gan- uh, Gaucher. Yeah. Gaucher. Um, yeah. who had a good amateur background himself, you know, but he's not much of a puncher. So I think it's the right opponent to showcase a, what could be a budding star. Without a doubt, Oscar De La Hoya
1: ducked Viz uh, Zoo. There was supposed to be a zoo fight and it was just sort of like just got dropped. He was with Aram at that point in time. They just dropped it. I mean, they won't have nothing to do with zoo.
2: Yeah. And, 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 and You know, it's amazing, even looking back, I remember my jaw dropping when he lost to Vince Phillips, you know, and Vince was not a bum. It's just his biggest, his biggest uh, demon was drugs, you know, but, man, you know know what, he was a bad boy. He was really, Mm -hmm. he
1: was, he was really a good guy to be around. We used to spend a lot of time in Vegas, of course, those guys were with the 88 team, I believe, and um, we had good times in Vegas, and, I mean, Mr., I just can't say enough enough good things about him. And then I saw him, and I could see that he was glossy-eyed. You know, he was glossy-eyed. I mean, you know, being a former narc and things like that. I'm into people looking at people's eyes and that And I realized he was a little mm, off off balance per se. And I realized, he, you know, he was doing drugs. And I said, "Then well, what are you doing? What are you? I'm not doing nothing. I'm not doing nothing." So I thought it was crack, and it ended up being crack. So you know, crack crack out a lot of people, man. Crack out a lot of people. I mean, not as many, not as many people as COVID, but crack
2: out a lot of people. Yeah. And well, and, and you could definitely argue it's have the, the lingering effect. You know, uh, you know, we have crack babies and growing up in New York City, the Bronx, I lived through that era and the crack era in New York is tremendous. And was, you know, we are still the ancestors of those crack babies
1: you know you know the, the, we were i was right at Candlestick Park where the 49ers and the Giants used to play and i was it, was it was i had that area as a cop and it was late night we were working a, a black and white and there was a car in the parking lot about 4 or 5 hours after a giant game or it was a giant game yeah it was a giant game about 4 or 5 hours after a giant game so you know i shine the light on the car on the on the uh on the uh, on the van and these couple people jumped out boom 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 so they were they were smoking stuff and I thought they were smoking angel dust, but it turned out to be that was crack. That was the first time we had seen crack in San Francisco. I think it was nineteen eighty six.
2: Wow. Yeah. No, it's it, it's crazy. And it's funny how full circle we you know, we got on the topic of crack and the previous segment you mentioned uh Andy Gannigan. Andy Ganigan retired a friend of mine's dad, uh Carlos Bessarel. He knocked him mm-hmm. out in the second round and um so it's so funny you mentioned that, and the fact that Mr. Bessorel was a um, noted street pharmacist. So, mm, okay, <laughs> everything comes, you know, in New York. So everything comes back full circle.
1: Okay, before I get uh, to but, some of these other fights tonight, Edgar Berlango, what's the what's the uh, the report card in him and Steve Rolls?
2: <sighs> Edgar is, I think, what it is. You know, I mean, I don't want to knock the guy after a win but he certainly has a lot to improve. You know, I don't think he's a world-class fighter at this point. I think he gets probably knocked out by, it, even by an old triple G. I think triple G knocks his head off. Um, I don't think he's competitive against uh, uh, Jamel Charlo or, you know, or or even uh, Marata if he beats triple G. He's just not there yet. Um, He's got bad footwork and I think he's, has what a lot of fighters tend to get, they get lazy, you know, when they're knocking out spits, and, and their game just doesn't evolve. Um, outside the ring, he he's really embracing that, that celebrity status that he's getting on the local level, almost reminds me of Zab Judah, and, and that's with him not even accomplishing a third of what Zab did.
1: Yes, Zab at
2: least had the right to be a little cocky because Zab was a bad, bad man. You know, he was a standout amateur, and, and he was a world champion at a young age. Edgar Belanga, you could say he's probably had two real fights, you know, mm-hmm. this being the second one. You know, um, he, he, people made excuses. They're saying maybe he might need a new trainer. I just I don't think it's that. I just think, don't think he's the real deal. Eventually, Top Rank will cash him out, um, probably uh, at the, uh, the Puerto Rican Day parade fight that they're going to try to make.
1: But let's see if he's ready because he did suffer a cut. Okay. Um, here's a good one for you. Felix Sturm is like 45 years old, coming back guys, against a guy, of course, named Isisan Still. Um, why is Felix still fighting? What would compel Felix to fight? I mean, he has a good record 25 and 2, was stopped at two times. He got robbed against Oscar De La Hoya. Of course, that set up the De La Hoya Hopkins fight. But without a doubt, I thought he beat De La Hoya that night. I was there. I mean, I thought he won more rounds than Oscar did.
2: No, you just look at Oscar's face at the end of the night. He was he was disappointed in, in, in that performance. He, he knew he lost and that he got the uh, the Golden Boy gift. Uh, Felix Sturm, um, actually, he, he fought a friend of mine. I was in Cologne, Germany. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Giovanni Lorenzo. Um, he had one of the best jabs in boxing at one point. Just a stiff, nasty jab. Um, I think a couple of years ago he had some tax problems. I think he got arrested. You know, Mm. um, in Germany. So I believe he's Armenian descent. It has to be money other than that. You know, there's no other, you know, what else could be motivating for him to fight at this stage in his life? You know, they keep,
1: I keep hearing that they're trying to pump Mike Tyson up and trying to bring him back into a fight or an exhibition. They keep throwing different names out there. They threw Jake Paul out there and this and that. I mean, even though Mike Tyson's skills have eroded incredibly, I think if he was to hit Jake Paul on his chin, Jake would go night-night.
2: I, I think so, too. I mean, did you see that crazy video of Mike Tyson at the comedy club when a guy was obviously, he was high, and he happened to have a gun on him, and he pulled it out on, on one of the bouncers? That was no. like a bizarre video. A bizarre video. The guy was definitely out of it. Even after the guy flashes the gun, right, the revolver, Mike is as cool as a fan, waves the guy over and, and, and says, come over here, brother, and, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he gives him a hug. <laughs> the, the, the gun, and a man having a gun did not faze Mike one bit. And he, he, waved, he waved the guy over, and the guy apologized to Mike, for misunderstanding, whatever, and he was on his way. But it was just real bizarre. I, I definitely encourage you to look for it on, the, I think it was TMZ. Hey, You know,
1: uh, what? <clears throat> somebody somebody told me the other day that that Ryan Garcia is trying to back out, trying to back out of this next fight. And then I talked to Ryan's people in Ryan's camp. you know, the Goosen people, uh, friends of the Gooses. They say he's training like a dog, trying to training hard. I mean, he's, he's Goosen's got him working. I don't think Joe's a slouch, man. Joe's gonna work him to death. No, yeah,
2: no, there's no way. Why, why would Ryan want to back out of a fight against a, an opponent that? Should be tailor made for her. And you're right. I I I think Goosen and Garcia is a good match. I do too. Socrates Palmer, all the best to you. The Bronx Bomber have a great week. Say hello to the family. Pedro, thank you very much, brother. All the best to you. Enjoy the fight.
1: This is Tower of Power. Of course, some of the new stuff, 2022 stuff, the main Tower of Power. Check them out, towerofpower.com. Ring Talk returns after the break.
0: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Good old
1: Rockford Files. I was down in L.A. this week. Spent a couple days, three days in L.A. Did some uh, some follow-up courses, some additional training, of course, regarding my private investigation work. And then I went to a concert last night at the Toyota Center in Ontario, California. The concert was supposed to start at 7, then this at 8 o'clock. I said, oh, my God, what is this? They don't know what time the concert's going to start. What does that mean? Anyway, um, I got there at 7 o'clock The concert didn't start till 8 The people didn't start actually singing The people that we paid to go see Turn that music down, please And that didn't uh, that didn't uh, happen until like 8, 39, 30, 10 o'clock Hey, turn that music down, please Daniel, turn the music down Thank you. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live worldwide. Your inside look into the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, as I was saying, I was in L.A. and uh, the Snoop Doggy Dog and the big rapper, the guy, this guy his own marijuana business, all that kind of good stuff, a billionaire. I've been told. Um, he had a, he promoted a show last night with like ten acts, and like two of the acts didn't get to play, and the cops shut him down at 1.30 in the morning. I mean, he had he was playing Mexican music. They had somebody up there singing Mexican music with a. Uh, with well, a guitar and things like that before the, I mean, the concert was supposed to start at eight o'clock and it didn't start until nine 30. And they wonder why it ran over and two acts didn't play. Anyway, it was a horrible promotion. The acts were pretty good, but it was a horrible promotion. Snoop Doggy dog needs to stop smoking that weed and get on his job because then you're a promoter and you throw an event and the people that you say are going to appear and you're announcing these people during the, during the show itself. And then they don't appear and you don't say anything about it. I think that's pretty tacky, and that's just what they did. Speaking of tacky, I used to do boxing at Fantasy Springs in Indio, California. It was so tacky down there. What I mean is that we used to do TV, and we tried to get position on the shady side of the ring. There was never a shady side of the ring down there. One time it was 118 degrees. 118. I was like, 118 degrees, and we're doing this fight. And they kept saying to me, the producer kept coming over like and wiping my face, you know the sweat and this and that, but one hundred and eighteen degrees that's what the ring that's what the ring temperature was in the ring, one hundred and eighteen degrees. Good Lord of course, that's when Alexander Zulkin, uh he was going to be how can I put this John Johnson' the next heavyweight champion of course John Johnson was the guy that piloted Doug, Buster Douglas to the upset of Mike Tyson back in nineteen eight back in uh, nineteen with the meltdown in nineteen ninety of course, and then of course. Man, he came back with Zolkin and Zolkin had a few good wins and then Zolkin went to fight Andrew Henry in this hundred and twelve degree weather and he didn't fare so well. From Russia, fighting in 100, 112 degree weather, maybe he's not the best thing in the world. Anyway, boxing coming back to India. Looks like April 21st. Oscar doing a show a card down there. Uh lightweight Joel Diaz, twenty-six and two with twenty-two wax. Taking on No Mercy, Gesta. Mauricio Gesta, thirty-two three and three, seventeen wax will be a ten rounder streaming live, of course, on the zone worldwide. Speaking of the zone um i'm still not a big fan of the fact that they're you know gonna charge people for pay-per-view now i mean originally they said that you know if you buy the zone you don't ever have to buy pay-per-view i mean that was a whole advertising so that was their whole schtick so and now they're coming back saying well we made a mistake we're humble wait, wait. you're humble and you made a mistake and now you want to charge me 80 bucks an event or 90 bucks an event it's like it's 80 if you're uh if you're not a subscriber to the Zone, it's like 65. If you are, so the bottom line is they want 65 or 70 bucks to take on the uh, Canelo Alvarez card, of course, May the 7th, taking on Dimitri Beval, Beval being undefeated, a former, a current light heavyweight champion, a bigger guy. If size matters, this may be one of those times when size does matter. Of course, size matters in two things: pornography and combat sports. This is combat sports, and when is the day going to come to an end when Canelo picks a guy that's just bigger than him that he just can't beat? Or is he that invincible? I mean, is 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 he that invincible? People ask me all the time, how good is Canelo? I said, Well he's you know, he's technically he's unbeaten. He lost that fight to Floyd Mayweather when he was green as guacamole and didn't have any footwork and didn't know how to punch that kind of good stuff. Not that he would have beat Floyd at that point in time because he was, like I said, really green. Floyd was on his prime. Floyd realized he could take on this Mexican superstar, make all the money from a Mexican matchup. Because remember, Floyd was a Mexican assassin. He used to enter fights in the uh I remember at the LA Forum, he won a wore Sobrero into the ring. I mean, it ticked off the Mexican fans to an extent, but that's what Floyd did. And of course, maybe that's the way Floyd made all the money that he did. But Floyd Mayweather, right now, hmm, he may owe some guys some money. I think that guy Logan Paul, he owes them some money from that fight they had like last year. He didn't pay him like three million bucks. I mean, when you guys got going around dogging you and saying you didn't pay bills, not a good thing in boxing, folks. Not a good thing. Of course, the money team, I saw one of them last night at the concert. I'll probably get into that in tomorrow's show. But yeah, the money team, they were at the uh, concert last night at the uh, the uh, Toyota Center in Ontario, California. I'll get into that in Sunday's show. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking into the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, Tim Zhu. Hmm. I said uh, we talked about it earlier with with uh, Socrates, him taking on Terrell Gosh. Gosh a perfect opponent, but, but Tim Zhu, I just don't. Listen, when your father's the best, and I mean the best, like Julio Cesar Chavez was the best. Okay, so his son's never going to come close to what he was. Uh, you know, even if he was a clone, he's not going to come. He's not going to do it. Okay, Chavez can win a title at 160 pounds, I mean, but as far as Tim Zu. Uh, following Kasha's footsteps as far as uh, being a um, future future world champion. I don't know. I think the the, the 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 jury's still out on him without no doubt, without without a doubt. Anyway, that's the way it is. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking into the world of boxing, MMA. Of course, April the 9th, Ryan Garcia coming back. You know, should we get excited about Ryan Garcia anymore? I mean, you know, at one point in time, I was talking about him almost every week, like blowing him. I mean, I, I, was, I was all over Ryan. Ryan was the guy, right? And then Ryan, you know, started having all kinds of head trips. And and if you have head trips, I wonder if you can ever get it back together. I think that with the fact that he's got Joe Goosen and Joe Goosen is probably one of the best motivators, one of the best trainers, one of the best complete guys in the boxing game right now. I mean, if I had if I had a guy or a girl and I wanted to train him and I wanted to train her. I think that Joe Goose will be in my top five list of trainers, without a doubt. Anyway, the guy is taking on Emmanuel Tagle Hasn't fought in like a year and a half, two years. He's 32 and one, only get eight or nine knockouts. Come to us from Acro, Ghana. He will fight his ass off and lose, probably. Of course, uh, Garcia coming off the hand surgery, coming off the, uh, the uh, what could I put this, the bouts with anxiety, and of course, getting knocked down by Luke Campbell before stopping Luke Campbell in the seventh round you got to give him some credit. He was down in round number two. He was down really hard. I'm talking about Ryan Garcia. He showed some stone in the getting up and finishing Campbell in round seven. So Ryan's going to be fighting on April 9th. That'll be on the zone. And so back to the zone. Anyway, um, the pay-per-view thing. I'm going to boycott their pay-per-views. In, words, in other words, <clears throat> I'm not going to buy their pay-per-views. I'll go to um, the sports bar or, or, uh, or the strip club up there on Broadway, the Roaring Twenties or Carol Dojo's Club, one of those places up there. They, um, they show the fights. They show them for 20 bucks. They've got some nice attractions, but you don't have to look at the attractions. You look at the fights, okay? But yeah, for 20 bucks, you watch the fights. They don't make you drink anything, nothing like that. So it's a pretty cool atmosphere. And of course, you've also got, you know, these streaming things down. I'm not advocating that people should steal streamings, streaming videos, but I know people that have approached me and said to me, you know, I've got this kind of, this tool at home where I watch all these things. I paid 300 bucks for it and I watch sort of like the, the old cable hotbox that Steve Albert, formerly of Showtime, had one time when I had him on the had him on the air one night. He was switching back to pay-per-views uh, back and forth and asked him, how much is that costing you? Oh, that doesn't cost me anything. How's that? Uh, uh, they're pay-per-views in uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the hot box. Anyway, the hot box now is a $300 or $350 digital machine. You hook it up to your computer and you can watch anything that's basically streaming and, um, and the quality is pretty good. So I'm not advocating that. What I'm trying to say is that Maybe you should go over a friend of yours house and maybe like 10 of you should chip in to watch the pay-per-view or something like that. I mean, like, make it to be a minimal fee. So I don't think anybody should have to pay 60 or 70 bucks to watch a fight anymore. I think that when you've got pay-per-view, the whole concept in pay-per-view was the fact that you can get four or five or six. This is what Don King and, and Bob Aaron railed against when pay-per-view came out because Dan Duba did it in 1981 is that they were going to, you know, all kinds of people go watch for one ticket, right? You know, one TV screen, you can fit 25 people around it. Well, it, maybe in the, in the early parts of, of pay-per-view that, that went around. But now it isn't happening. I mean, people want to watch pay-per-view and pay for it in the privacy of their home. Of course, The Zone big on the phone. ESPN Plus is big on the phone. Speaking of ESPN Plus, of course, they've got the world heavyweight champion, Tyson Fury. Of course, he's defending us against Dillian White in April. That'll be in, uh, in London. Of course, they sold out, I think, Wembley Stadium in like a couple of hours or less than an hour or something like that. I mean, the guy's the hottest ticket on that side of the pond. He just is. I mean, he's he's a phenomenal attraction. But he's still got... His ass is bigger than his shoulders. I I can't figure the guy out. I just can't. He's a 7-foot or 6-foot, 9-inch freak. That's all you can say. I mean, the way that he, he boxes, I mean... He, he, he can't figure it it's, He's so unconventional. Un, un, he, he, he just can't put it anyway. Tycevier is going to look doing white, probably like a stamp. White has been drilled before Alexander Povetkin knocked him out. Of course, Povetkin then had the rematch. Povetkin had COVID or something like that. Then he had the rematch, and he failed miserably in the rematch, um, according to the script. Get it? Anyway, 2012 Olympic bronze medalist, get this, Yamaguchi Falkeo, Made way for a 160, 168-pound showdown, according to FightNews.com, with Argentina's Damian Bonelli. Falcao is 20-1 with a draw, 9 KOs. He meets Bonelli, 24-10, and 10, 20 KOs. He's already lost 10 times. Anyway, and, and a 10-rounder for the North American Boxing Association super middleweight belt. That's the Caribbean Roll in Orlando, Florida, of course. That will be on uh, Display TV at 8 p.m. What the hell is Display TV? Valley Sports. It'll air on Valley Sports, the Valley Sports app, and Display TV. Is that something new? Somebody's got to tell me about that. Well, so somebody email me or, that, or text me. Some on this new network, I didn't know nothing about it. Four one five two seven five one six one three. That's four one five two seven five one six one three. Once again, so I said, the uh, the non-actors. I mean, you know, Mike Tyson's in the news. Mike Tyson making a lot of news. Slam and Jermell Charlo, of course, not. Charlo doesn't want to fight anybody. That's even slightly threatening instead of outside of Canelo Alvarez because he realizes that's the big money fight, but he doesn't want to step up to 168 pounds and fight him. And then there was an offer on the table. Of course, Al Heyman put an offer on the table about two or three months ago, $100 million, and if he could fight Charlo for 168 pounds, I'm talking about uh, Canelo Alvarez, and then take on David Benavides in the September or November. Well, Canelo said no to that because I think he's thinking more than – Somebody told me he's going to make close to $75 million. They figure if the pay-per-views come in the way they're anticipating, he's going to make close to $75 million for this fight with Dimitri D. Bivol. Of course, know going to go down May the 7th on pay-per-view. Think about that, though. $75 million for a fight? Holy cow, that's a lot, a lot of money, man. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I think fighters deserve every cent they're paid, and not more. Okay, but... $75 million. Good Lord, that's a lot, a lot of money. Anyway, bottom line is you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. Back to uh, Southern California. I saw Jack Mosey last night. Of course, the father and the trainer of Sugar Shane Mosey he says that Shane is living in the good life up there in Big Bear, California. Of course, we had the Big Bear, the Kronk training camp up there in Big Bear, California. We called it Kronk West. That was so cool when Emmanuel and I were doing that out there. Man, I miss Emmanuel. I mean, I was thinking about it the other day, you know. The the, uh, the the murder of Hector Camacho seems to have been solved. and People arrested this and that, but the the medical mystery surrounding Emmanuel Stewart, the fact that he either he he, he got colon cancer, and you know when you get colon cancer. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the most preventable, you can prevent that in prostate cancer if you get the proper exams and say, well, obviously the Goldfather wasn't getting it. Speaking of the Goldfather, I guess it's back in the game. Man, I don't know why anybody want to bid on this. Don King Reductions won the bidding for the WBA Heavyweight Championship bout between Trevor Bryan. Who's that? Remember we saw that bum a few weeks ago? Fatter than the pig stick a fork in him. Anyway, take it on Daniel Dubois. Uh, Danny DuBois, I think, is a once-beaten lad out of the U.K. Of course, the auction took place on Monday via Zoom. And the team representing Brian with Don King himself, president of the purse bid, won the rights to promote the bout with a bid of $3,116,000 and $1. dollar. Three three million one hundred sixteen dollars The winning promoter gave June 18th as a date for the five possible venues are Las Vegas, South Florida, and New York. Of course, the next bid came in from Queensbury Promotions, in the matter of two million five, of course, and that was put together by um those cats in the UK. Bottom line is they got outbid. Don King's got twenty-one days to sign these guys up, or it goes to some type of contract purse bids. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, your inside look at the world of boxing and MMA. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Real quick,
1: the TV schedule Saturday, March 26th, where Sky Sports got a Cruiserweight title going on, Cruiserweight bout going on, Richard Rio put forth, taking on Dion Juma. Miguel Burchill, the former champion, 130 pounds, taking on Jeremiah Nakatila. That's going to be on The Zone Let's hear about ESPN Plus, 7 o'clock Pacific Time, 10 o'clock in the East. Of course, Tim Zhu and Terrell Gosha, that's going to be on Showtime. Of course, Tim Zhu saying he's coming to the United States to take over the junior middleweight division. We'll find out. 9 o'clock in the West, 6 o'clock in the East, Tim Zhu and Terrell Gosha. Um, straight up, April 9th looks like really the day for boxing. I'll take that back. Kiko, Kiko Martinez and Josh Warrington are on DAZN tonight the Zone. Of course, that's a former matchup, a rematch of a battle for the IBF 126-pound title. I think when they first fought, they were at lighter weights. But the bottom line is they are battling tonight in a rematch for that 126 pounds for the IBF 126-pound belt. That's going down from uh, Leeds in England. Leeds, England. Man, all kinds of fights happening. in the British course. The uh, Dijon uh Ricky fight that's coming to from Wembley Arena in Wembley, London. Wembley London. So the bottom line is, of course, the U.K. has just taken over as far as... They, that's where boxing started. So when boxing sort of wanes here in the United States, and I say, why do I say it's waning? Of course, because, you know, because of COVID. I mean, COVID, we just haven't had the big fights. We just haven't. I mean, Canelo's had a couple here and there, but, of course, boxing getting back. The world seems to be getting back. Last night, there was long lines to the Toyota Center, and I couldn't figure out what these long lines were about, right? It was about... Vaccinations, which is sort of cool. I'm down with that, so I'm willing to stand in line to make sure everybody's vaccinated going, and that's pretty cool. Anyway, bottom line is about thirteen thousand people last night had a pretty good show, but most of them left like by midnight i kid you not, half the crowd, 40, 60 percent of the crowd was gone by midnight. Anyway, Snoop Doggy Dogg, not the greatest uh, music promoter in the world, maybe the greatest rapper in the world. I don't know what that is, but the bottom line is he sucks as a promoter. Until Sunday, Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Let me get some rest. Peace, love and a ton of respect. Daniel, take it away.